Welcome to the Benefits of Knowledge podcast with Lauren Curry of Curry Financial Group Limited. In this podcast, we are focused on helping businesses set up and manage their group benefit plan to protect and assist their most valuable assets. Join us on this journey where Lauren explores ways to help you develop effective and cost-efficient strategies for your business. Now on to the show. Hello and welcome to the Benefits of Knowledge with Lauren Curry. Lauren, good morning. How are you? Good morning, Eric. Doing great. I am. Uh, I'm excited to be back with you. I know that you have some good information that you're going to be sharing today, and, and I don't exactly understand it. It's you're talking about multiple coverage in in my mind, right? That is correct. People have coverage from more than one plan. From more than one plan. So I, that's a little confusing to me. So is it is it fairly common for employees to be covered by more than one group insurance plan? How does, how does that work? I would say yes if we have two spouses or common law partners. Uh, however you want to say that, if they both work and both of their employers offer programs, then they could possibly be covered by two different plans. Okay. So we call that coordination of benefits if you take advantage of that. And, uh, you know, hopefully the insurance companies, most of them follow it, but if we have rules of how this works, then the two plans can work very smoothly together and it's a benefit to the, to the employees. Oh, heck yeah. That would be great. I, I didn't realize that that could even happen. I've never been in a situation where, where we've been covered, like my wife and I have been covered by two different policies. It's always been, she carried the benefits or when we both worked at the same place, we both had, you know, benefits, but we, it was our own. So interesting. Huh. Okay, so what? What? How do how do the insurance companies coordinate between each other? Then, how, what what does that coordination of benefits look like? Okay, so if you have employees and they have two plans, mm-hmm. it, it re- results in overlapping of coverage, right? So, yeah. as I mentioned, we need rules then to we know so we know which plan is the first payer. Uh, so, who do we put the, the claim for? Through two, right? Mm-hmm. So, so most of the time, this is through for your health and your dental coverage. It's not yep. for the other benefits, it's health and dental. So when those insurance companies use the same rules, it works out fair to all the companies in the long run. We wouldn't want a couple putting all their the first you know claims into one person's plan and yeah. not the other. Because then then you know that's not going to be right. Yeah the other so plan we just have, gets we'll money, call, right? I mean <laughs> the other plan would just exactly. get all the money and they wouldn't have to pay anything out. Yes. So when you have what we call, so we'll say insurer A is the first payer, and we're going to assume there's a, what we call an 80% coinsurance, right? So the plan covers 80% of the, the claim. Mm-hmm. So the first payer would cover the 80%, and then insurer B, so the other spouse or partner's coverage, would be covering the other 20%. So now the employee gets 100%, even though their own plan only pays for 80%. Does oh, that make sense? Yeah, and that's fantastic. 100% yes. cover sounds pretty good to me. <laughs> it, well, and that's why you would do it. Right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So is this something that the employees have to set up, or who, who does this for them, or is it just automatic when they they register that they've got, you know, my wife has benefits, I have benefits, and it's just done automatically? Yep. How does that work? Okay, so when you fill out your enrollment form to join the group insurance plan, generally when you're hired or or you become full-time or whatever the Mm -hmm. criteria, there's a section on that enrollment form that's going to ask you if you have comparable coverage under another plan. 
So if you only have, if this is your only plan, okay, if you're single or if your spouse or partner does not have coverage, you just don't have to worry about that section. But if you do have existing coverage, you need to carefully consider how you want these two plans to work together or do you want to have them both? So if you have that comparable coverage, you can choose to either waive coverage or coordinate the benefits. You get your choice. Okay. So you don't have to take coverage on both plans? Why Why would you not? Okay, well, you may choose to waive that coverage for yourself or, or sorry, yourself and your dependents or your dependents only. So you, again, you get the choice of who do I want to waive for if I'm waiving. But by waiving coverage, you would not pay the premiums for those benefits, but you'll be relying only on one insurance plan for coverage. So... The, the downfall here is if you are paying a portion of the premium for your health and dental, okay? As we've talked in the past on our, on our past podcasts for or, you know tax reasons and stuff like that, mm-hmm. I recommend that the employers pay 100% of the health and dental. So if that's the case, then you wouldn't want to waive. You'd want to take advantage of this situation, Mm-hmm. However, if you're paying 50% of the cost of those benefits, you may look at it and say, uh, got it. well, you know what? I'm not going to receive as much as it's going to cost me to pay for that health and dental. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay? So now you got you know, an important thing here is you must have comparable coverage under another plan to waive a benefit. Right, so your your spouse or partner has to have, you know, a comparable type plan. So having basic meaning, you have to have uh, extended healthcare and dental. Okay, so is that what it? That's what comparable would be. They they don't have to be the same amounts and stuff, yeah. but same kind of coverage. It basically, just meaning you have group benefits. So on the form, it generally asks for your partner's carrier name and possibly the policy number. I don't know if anybody audits that, frankly, but uh, but that's ask on the benefit uh, enrollment form. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if you don't have coverage, you can't waive it, right? It's that that's just not the way it works. Okay. All right. So uh, again, I'm just trying to kind of wrap my brain around it. You mentioned the rules, right? So and you were talking about kind of which which plan pays for what coverage first. How does that? get decided. I know that you brought up the 80-20 rule that would be, you know, add up to 100% coverage, but who do we know which which one pays first? Okay. So, this is going to get dry and <laughs> not too <laughs> exciting, but I'll, I'll go through a bunch of scenarios for you. Okay. All right. All right. So, who's going to pay if if I have a plan, so we're talking me now and my spouse has a plan. Okay? So, as a member, so I am going to always put the claim through my plan first. Okay, that makes right? sense. Yep. So I am the employee. This is my coverage, right? And then if if that 20% that's not covered on my plan, I'm going to submit that through my spouse or partner's plan because I'm considered a dependent on that plan, mm-hmm. right? So yep. 80 in our scenario, 80% is paid by my plan, and then my spouse's plan is going to pay the other 20. My spouse completely opposite. So my spouse is going to put it through her plan first, Mm -hmm. get the 80% or whatever the percentage is paid. And then what's not paid by that, she's going to submit as a dependent through my plan. 
That makes sense? Absolutely. Yeah. Pretty, pretty straightforward, right? Yes. But then we get into, okay, now we have children. Mm-hmm. Both parents have a plan. We have children. They're, they're both our dependents, right? So the parent with the earlier birth date in the calendar year pays first. It's the first payer. So if my, so my wife's birthday comes before mine, so our kids would always, the first claim would go through her plan. And again, what's not covered then would be going through my plan. Oh, so okay. you, and, and you're saying earlier birth date in the calendar year, not age, yeah. right? So it's not not who's older. Yeah. yeah. It's just like, so, okay, interesting. Yeah, so my, my wife's birthday is June 1st. Mine's July 30th. So she comes first. That means the kids are, are going to be going through her plan first. Okay. Right? Our, now, yeah. we get the odd time. What if both of our birthdays are the same date? <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't happen often, yeah. but it does happen. Okay. All right. What time we, were you born, Lauren? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. We're not going to do that because that'd be too complicated. But know, right? whose whose name, whose first name begins with the earlier letter in the alphabet? Are you serious? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Don't I ask guess. me. Be, don't ask me beyond that because I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So if the if uh, if if. Lauren and Laura are together, then yeah, that that could cause another I, issue, right? That, huh. Yes, yeah, yeah. I, interesting. So, yes, it, it it's you know people you really don't think about this kind of stuff, right? But like I said, after the alphabet, I I'm not sure. I'd have to go and ask an insurance carrier. I haven't run into that in 25 years. So okay, well, good. Yeah, well, fingers crossed. And well, now that I know, right. I, I have to say, hey, as of this recording. Happy birthday tomorrow, Lauren, because <laughs> tomorrow's oh, your birthday. thank you very much. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, new decade tomorrow, so. Oh, boy. I don't know. I got f- I got family members telling me I'm getting old, but I don't believe them, so. Yeah, yeah, just don't don't <laughs> listen to them. Don't listen to them. <laughs> right. Okay, yeah. so it, so let me ask you this. Now, we, you, you talked a little bit about common law, right? Uh, if you're if you're living with somebody, and I don't know the rules, uh, it, you know, I don't know if it goes by territory or if it goes by the just number of years uh, that, that would make you common law, but I'm sure there's issues with common law folks that live together, but also people that are separated or divorced, right? How does all that work? Okay. So just to answer your question about common law, it's it's 12 months of cohabitation, I guess Oh, call is that it? it? Okay. All 12 right. months. Wow. Yeah. That's yeah. quick. Yes. All right. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, it, it does get, you know, again, messy when we have separations, divorces, then there's children involved. So as, as far as the kids go, it's the parent that has custody of the child. Mm-hmm. All right. Okay. Um, they're they're going to put the, the claims through their plan first, and then that would go back. Actually, we'll even throw another twist in. So if that parent is married or common law with another person, okay, and they have coverage, then the the spouse or partner of the parent that has the child of the, uh, sorry, custody of the child, Mm -hmm. then it's going to go through their plan second. Okay. Because it's in their household. Yes. Yep. That makes sense. Okay. Okay, and then if there's anything left over, I guess then we would go to the parent not having custody of the child. Yeah, yep. Right. So we're getting pretty deep there, but yeah. So you know, if if only the spouse has coverage that has the child, and their partner does not, or they're not with anyone, then the second payer would come back to the other 
parents plan. Okay. I'm going to throw a curveball. You ready? Sure. Go for it. <laughs> there was a little hesitation there, Lauren. I'll take it easy on you. Maybe. We'll okay. see. So what if parents have 50-50 custody? Is it something with, uh, you know, the, the children are one parent one week and then they're at the other parents another, you know, the next week? Is it depending on where the incident happens? So if they break an arm or they get sick and they have to go to the doctor, you know, for, for a sick visit, um, is it based on who they were with at the time? No, no. We're going to go back to the birthday. Oh, are okay. we? Okay. So which, which, which parent's birthday is first month and day Got uh, is earlier in the calendar year? Okay. All right. But that's good. Good question. Because yes, I mean, these days we see every scenario, right? So, but yeah, that was it. Yeah. Okay. So here's, here's another one. What happens if you've got two, you know, both parents, uh, let's say they're not separated, they're together. Both parents have coverage and one of them lose their job. I don't know how long coverage is extended while somebody loses a job. If that's part of a you know a, a severance package, is it does that affect it, or is it something where the other parent's coverage takes over immediately? How's that work? Now, actually, that's a really good question because there's time limits. Okay. Right? I, again, again, I think we had a, a podcast in the past where we talked about communication with the insurance company on different things. Mm-hmm. Um, if one person either leaves their job or they just lose their coverage. Maybe they don't work enough hours or whatever the case might be. Um, You have to make sure you inform the insurance company that the the one partner still has. Okay. We have to inform them to say, okay, uh, my spouse has lost coverage. All of our claims are going to be coming through here. Because if we don't, they would be expecting the 80% of the claims being paid with the other carrier, which is no longer there. Okay. Right? So you only have 31 days to make sure you've informed the insurance company of these changes. Anytime we have changes, we should make sure that we keep those lines of communication open. Yeah. Right? Very, very important. Okay? So if as long as you notify them within that 31 days, you're going to be able to uh, restore full coverage without any kind of issue you know, uh, on the one plan. Mm-hmm. And then if, if you're not in the 31 days, now you're going to be considered a late applicant. So if it's your plan, so if it's my plan and my wife's lost her coverage, I'm going to be fine because I'm already covered on my plan. Mm-hmm. But uh, my wife or my children, it could be an issue where they would have to start filling out medical evidence whether to, to find out if they're going to be eligible to get coverage. And you don't want to get in that situation. Yeah. Right? Because yeah. as long as you do it in 31 days, there isn't, there's no question at all. So you got to get it done on time. Got it. Okay. So I do have another follow-up question to what you said earlier. Uh, when you have that double coverage, when you let's say you have to go to the hospital and uh, you're filling out all the paperwork, and there's always a lot of paperwork, right? Uh, but you mm-hmm. fill out the paperwork, and you know that it's going to be submitted to insurance, how does the second insurance company get the information or how is the, the remainder of the claim, I guess it would be that 20% that we spoke about earlier, how does that get submitted to the insurance company? Is that something that the doctor takes care of or the hospital takes care of or do we have to do that on our own? Uh, well, you got to kind of remember, it's a little different here in Canada because generally speaking, if we go to the hospital, we're not getting a bill unless we're in private or semi-private uh, rooms. 
That's right? true. Yep. Yeah. So we're talking here more of going to the dentist or, or getting a prescription or going to the chiropractor. You know, that's more of our claims here. So what happens is you you submit the claim to the first company. So I, I send it in to my, my carrier mm-hmm. and they're going to pay the 80%. They're going to send out a document. Nowadays, most of the time is by email. Mm-hmm. It's called an EOB, which means ex- explanation of benefits. And that's going to state on there how much was paid. So the 80%, right? If it's a $100 claim, they're going to say, yep, yeah, we've paid the $80 and you know, you've paid the $20. So then I take that and submit it to my spouse's plan. And they're going to just take that information and say, okay, well, they're out 20 bucks, so they're going to they're gonna pay it from that end. Okay. okay. Does, that, does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, yeah, it's a two-step process. You have to wait till you get the explanation of benefits, then you submit it to the other plan. Mm-hmm. All right. So, Lauren, let me, let me ask you another question. You spoke earlier about you have to weigh the, the benefits of having two full coverages, right? Because you can waive... One person can waive benefits uh, because it may be better coverage and less pay out of pocket, you know, with their spouses. Uh, is there any other way of getting top up coverage rather than having two health and dental plans? I'm glad you asked that, Eric. We've spent a lot of time here on the podcast talking about healthcare spending accounts. Actually, okay. episode five, the whole episode was talking about healthcare spending accounts. Mm-hmm. They fit perfectly into this scenario. If one spouse or partner has health and dental, rather than having the two plans, so again, the the downfall would be if I have to pay 50% of the premium for my health and dental, Mm -hmm. I may say, "Mm, that's not worth it, right? Yeah. But I could waive the health and dental. If I have a healthcare spending account, then whatever's not covered by my spouse's plan I would actually be able to submit that that leftover 20% in our scenario, right? Mm-hmm. I could submit that to my healthcare spending ap- account and those claims would be paid there. So it's uh, yeah. I'm not paying the premium, but I my employer has provided me the health spending account which as we know is very flexible. I can use that to pay that other 20%. Yeah, right? that, that sounds great. Now, yeah, so you know, you know I'm a big fan of health spending accounts and all the flexibility there. Mm-hmm. Um now, the thing I should mention here is if you have a healthcare spending account, that's great. But if your employer is paying 100% of the premiums, then I would still coordinate benefits because I want to save my healthcare spending account for things that the plans do not cover. Mm. Example being, if both of our plans have basic dental coverage, that is not going to cover a crown, right? So I could use it for a crown. The other big one that I talk about a lot is vision care. Even if my plan has, you know, $200 towards glasses, and even if my spouse's plan has $200 towards glasses, glasses are probably six, $700 nowadays. Mm. So, you know, I, I can I make sure I put as much through the insured programs and then save my health spending account for the stuff that is not covered. But again, if you're paying premiums, then I would seriously consider if you have the health spending account, is it worth paying those premiums or should I just use my healthcare spending account for what my spouse's plan does not cover? 
Got it. Okay. That, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. It's, yeah, again, you just have to kind of think it through and I just make, I like to make sure people understand how those healthcare spending accounts work. But again, if they have questions about that or how they can, you know, work together, stuff like that, please just give me a call, pop me an email, whatever. Mm -hmm. I'm more than happy to, again, get into more detail about that and make sure people understand how they work. Yeah, and I, I would say that anybody that works, you know, that, that's in HR or as a controller, if if they've got employees that are asking these same questions, they should be reaching out to you so they can help coordinate that, right? Yes, yes. Yeah, we're not, uh, you know, we're not normally taking calls from employees of the companies. It is the plan administrator, which is quite often the HR manager, or mm-hmm. sometimes it's the controller, depending on the size of the the company. Got it. Yeah. Yep. So if uh, if you have questions and you're hearing this and you're an employee, bring it up to HR and let them know that, hey, Lauren can answer all their questions. Uh, what Can you give your contact information one more time, Lauren? Certainly. Uh, our 800 number is 1-866-445-4424. Uh, you can go to our website, Curry Financial Group. Dot com. Curry is C-U-R-R-Y. And our emails, contact information is all on, on the website. Perfect. All right. Well, Lauren, thank you so much. I appreciate your time today. I learned a lot as usual. All right. That's great, Eric. That's what we're trying to do is help people understand this stuff. Yeah, absolutely. And of course, our last thank you goes to you, the listening audience. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to the Benefits of Knowledge podcast with Lauren Curry. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when Lauren comes out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. This makes it much easier to share these podcasts with your colleagues. Again, thanks for listening today. For everyone at Curry Financial Group, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day. And we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Benefits of Knowledge podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. 